My name is Adam. And I'm Bailey. And welcome to the AB Cinema Podcast, where we talk about the latest movie and TV news, rumors, and releases to keep your eyes on. And you can also reach us at our email, which is abcinema.pod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback and just give us any tips or ideas for what you want to hear in this show. And uh, we'll make changes and adjustments as we go. We're still in the infant stages of our podcast, but we want to make this enjoyable for our, le- our listeners. All right. Well, it was, it was a great day for announcements today, man. It was really good. Yeah. It, today was a, a phenomenal day of movie news. It kept me active on... I, I was waiting for the next big news to drop. Yeah. And it kept delivering. Yeah. The Twitters, the, the news cycle... Some of it was some of it was great. Some of it was just like a little bit of a letdown, but all news is good news, right? Yeah. Let's just kick it off with with the Obi Wan Kenobi trailer. Oh. One word, Bailey. What's your reaction? Nostalgic. 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 It was a great. I I know we talked a little bit about it earlier, but uh, for our viewers, I I feel like it's it's a great bridge between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, and. I'm excited to go back to the the sands of Tatooine again, and to see where we, uh, where Obi Wan is. I, I I miss him, and yeah. it was really great to see Ewan McGregor again in this role. Talk about an act. Talk about underrated. I feel like Ewan McGregor. He's so good. He yeah. is just a class act actor, and he he's just really a good guy. From his interviews, and he just seems like he he gets this role. Yeah. Talk about my one word, Bailey. Goosebumps. I'm telling you, man. I saw it and I was like, oh, you know, it's an Obi-Wan trailer. This is the show that I kind of, out of all the Disney shows, I think this is one of the ones. It's a top priority. But, you know, just watching it and then you hear John Williams score come in. A little duel of the fates. Oh, the hairs on my neck stood up. I screamed. It was, it was a great trailer in my opinion it was beautiful yeah i was watching it with my wife and i i got so giddy when i heard duel of the fates and started shaking my phone yes i watched it on my phone i was watching the investors day as it was going <laughs> i knew this trailer was coming today and had to watch it live so yeah how could you not be giddy it was so good yeah I, there's nothing else to describe it it was just it brought me back to my childhood and i'm sure it did for the people that grew up with the prequels as well as the original trilogy. Yeah. It was just good. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait. And you know, I think, I think honestly, in my opinion, Disney kind of has their trailers figured out, especially in the star Wars realm. I feel like their trailers are always good. They always get me excited at least, you know, me too. So I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, and they also released some photos today, right? They did. Um, we got to, they released the photos early in the morning which we were all expecting to to see the trailer earlier, but a lot of people forgot that the in- Disney Investors Day was happening, and that's where they released the trailer to get people investing in the company a little bit more excited. Um, but it was a they released a lot of photos showing um, some people returning from the prequel trilogy. Ewan McGregor is returning, which obviously he's the the lead star. Um, we heard Darth Vader. Uh, Hayden Christensen is playing his role. He is. He's back as I'm sure there will be flashbacks to the Clone Wars and and we'll see Anakin and Obi-Wan together. 
and Darth Vader and Obi-Wan together. It's going to be good. The rematch. I think Kathleen Kennedy has said it's the rematch everyone's been waiting for this century. Yeah. There has been some controversy about it, though, because there's a little deep dive in A New Hope. Uh, I I don't know the exact line that Obi-Wan and Darth Vader's conversation is, but um, they they mentioned that it's been a long time since they've seen each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to address that line, maybe knock some of them out or make them lose their memory. Obi-Wan is crazy and, and a new hope. So (laughs) no, yeah, I, I mean, I'm excited. We're excited. And just so you know, the show's directed by Deborah Chow, who helmed some episodes of the Mandalorian. It was great. Um, it has Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen reprising their roles. Some other notable actors, at least in my opinion, we have Joel Edgerton. He's back as Uncle Ben. He's playing Uncle Ben. I love Joel Edgerton. He's in The Warrior. He's also in Loving. He's a, he's he's a great actor. Um, Moses Ingram and Rupert Friend, they're playing the two Inquisitors that we see in the trailer. Which is actually pretty interesting because Rupert Friend is playing uh, an Inquisitor that is making his leap from animation side of Star Wars to the live action side in this show. Which the Inquisitors, for viewers who don't know... Uh, they are Jedi hunters, and so their purpose is to hunt down the Jedi and kill them. Yeah, and if you've also played The Fallen Order, they're present in that as well. And then we have O'Shea Jackson Jr., Ice Cube's son, who who also played Ice Cube in uh, Straight Outta Compton. We have Soon Kang, who uh, played Han in the Fast and Furious film franchise, and Kumail Nanjiani, who, uh, what was his name in uh, Eternals? Kingo. Kingo. That's his name. Yeah, this cast this cast is just loaded. It really is. It's it's got a, it's it has a lot going for it, and I think the that Deborah Chow understands that. Mm-hmm. She understood that with the Mandalorian. She delivered a couple great episodes, um, and helped us to feel closer to the Mandalorian. And I think she understands the purpose of what this show is. And this show has been in in production for a very, very long time. I, I know that there's been rumors since before Disney even bought um, Lucasfilm. And to finally see this coming to fruition and to actually feel like th- this is tangible, it's just a couple more, it's just a, a little under two months away. Mm-hmm. It just is, it's rewarding. That's what it is. Yeah, I can't wait. What uh. What what are some things from the photos and the trailer that most excited you? What are things that stood out to you? We're not gonna just be on Tatooine. Yeah, it's it's not gonna be Tatooine overload from the Star Wars world. I mean, we've just spent six or seven episodes of Boba Fett on Tatooine, and it kind of got a little tiring after a little while. But um, from one of the photos from Entertainment Weekly, we learned that Obi Wan is going to be going to a planet called Dayu, which has. A, According to their interview, it says it sort of has a Hong Kong feel to it, says writer Joby Harold. It's got a graffiti-ridden nightlife, and it's kind of edgy. It's got, a di- it's got a different lane and a different feeling. Yeah. It looks to me very, like, cyberpunk. Very, it does. like, Blade Runner, cyber, just that whole feel. I agree. It reminded, like, seeing this photo with Obi-Wan and the background a little bit blurred and the neon lights, it... To me, it felt like the opening scene of The Mandalorian Season 2 where we see the Mandalorian going to meet with the Gamorreans and there's the cage fight. I feel like this 
is going to be a little bit bigger of a plot point. Um, for those that are watching, like we we don't know the official synopsis of this show, but rumors are pointing to him um, coming out of his his hiding, and he's going to be looking for a kidnapped Princess Leia, which. Sorry, that may be a spoiler, but <laughs> it's just the main plot. So that's one of the rumors out there right now. And so there's a chance that we may see a young Leia. Yeah. I mean, I her Bill Organa is supposed to make a comeback. The actor who plays him. Yeah. Reprising his role as well. Um, do you have any, any other opinion, any thoughts on Obi-Wan? It was cool to see a young Luke sitting on that, that farmhouse and pretending to either be a pod racer or a TIE fighter pilot. See, I'm of the opposite opinion here. You didn't like I'm, that? I'm worried. Here's my thing. I'm worried about... I'll go, you know, as far as they make the story compelling. Nostalgia for me... Don't get me wrong. That John Williams score came in. Again, like I screamed. But like... Nostalgia when they're playing it, the nostalgia factor, and that's what they're trying to go for. That's where I kind of tap out. As if the story's compelling, I'm there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing they're worried about because there were rumors that this show was going to follow him uh, taking care and protecting Luke on Tatooine. And I think they did. They thought audiences would get tired of being on Tatooine so much because a lot of the of Star Wars is set on Tatooine. Anakin is born there and yeah. goes back there and gets revenge and um we see the pod racers and and then in a new hope we start on Tatooine as well. And it went through a production halt when they were through the writing stages. This show was supposed to come out a lot sooner than it is. Uh but production came to a halt because of the pandemic as well as issues with the script. But I think they realized that this show was going to be a lot like The Mandalorian was, where The Mandalorian becomes a babysitter to Baby Yoda or Grogu. And we, we love that story. That story is, has touched so many people's hearts. But I think that they've changed it so much because they want viewers to not feel like this is just The Mandalorian, but with so, the Jedi. I mean, hopefully you're right. I agree. I just... I'll go as far as it making compelling. I just want I just want substance now. I want some. I want a reason to be there. I agree. Other than just Ewan McGregor, I I definitely agree. <laughs> and I think I I think we're going to get something really special. Yeah. And they've they know their audience, a bunch of crazy fanboys <laughs> that hate the new trilogy and and Ryan Johnson and Ryan Johnson, <laughs> great director. Yeah. But. He, uh, yeah, this this is something that I think they know that they have to take care of. Mm-hmm. And if they miss this, it, Star Wars might be dead. Yeah. Except for The Mandalorian. Yeah, which will live on. Um, so, yeah, do you have anything else to add on the on the Obi-Wan Kenobi front? Um, no, not at the moment. I, I, I'm just excited. Yeah, it's, it's hard not to be. And now on the other side, on more news. Um, you know, we're excited for the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer. We're a little bit let down by the next news. Warner Brothers today announced a slew of release date changes. In the very early in the day, Dwayne the Rock Johnson um, announced himself that Black Adam would be moving from July 19th to October 21. And that the Super Pets movie would also be moving 
from May 20th to July 29th of this year. So they're pushing those back just a little bit. Then later on, Warner Brothers released more changes to Aquaman 2, The Flash, their Shazam movie, uh, Wonka, and The Meg 2. So I'll just go through this list of changes per deadline. Um, The Flash moves from November 4th to June 23rd, 2023, so push back a year. Aquaman, the second one, comes is instead of December 17th, is now March 17th of 2023. Shazam, Fury of the Gods, moves up from 2023 to December 16th, 2022. And then not DC-related, we have Wonka, the Willy Wonka prequel movie starring Timothy Chalamet, which was from which was at March 17th, and it will now be December 15th of 2023. And the Meg 2, which is now set for the August 4th release date. Of 2023, what do you think? Of, what do you think about those release date changes, Bailey? Um, I, I when I first heard it, I I'm indifferent about the Super Pets and the Meg. I'm just not a huge fan of those. You're telling me you're not a Jason Statham fan, right? I'm not. Okay. I'm sorry. I just it's all right. Um, I I am excited for to see Shazam a little bit earlier. I love yeah. the first one. It was just big with superheroes, mm-hmm. big as a Tom Hanks movie, um, from his early career, and it was really fun yeah and i'm i'm excited to see what uh david sandberg does with this Mm -hmm. i believe that's his name yeah um and he's the director for those of you who don't know he's the director of shazam um the first one and he's done a couple horror movies as well Mm -hmm. um but i'm very excited to see what he's done with the sequel and i'm excited to see it as far as the other movies black adam has kind of been a guilty pleasure of mine (laughs) I don't think Dwayne Johnson is the the greatest actor alive, but he knows how to be entertaining. Yeah. And this movie is going to be something special. And I was very disappointed to hear that it was moving. Although it's just a couple of months, it's still... uh, This is just par for course for what we've experienced over the last two years with the pandemic, with everything being reshuffled. Yeah. This is what we're going to be experiencing for the next maybe a couple years because everything's being pushed around. Studios don't know when to release movies. I I will say Aquaman moving, Aquaman 2 moving was the smart move for them because it was releasing the exact same day as Avatar 2, which, yes, it's 13 years apart from when it first premiered, the original Avatar movie, which was a, a massive spectacle. It's the biggest... It has the biggest box office gross of all time, and the sequel is coming this year. And it's if we thought that movie was spectacular, this one's going to be even more beautiful. Yeah, and on the flip side of that is they moved Shazam up to that date, so now Shazam, yeah. which I, I'll I'll be honest, I love that movie. I saw it in the theaters. I thought it was hilarious. I don't think I've revisited it since, but I remember thinking that was a really good movie. And now the sequel is, you know, now it's toe to toe with Avatar too. So well, they got Helen Mirren. Yeah. It's it's gotta win. It's gotta <laughs> win. I'm just no kidding. one pulls people to the box office like Helen Mirren these days in 2022. All right? <laughs> but I, I'm excited to see Shazam too. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm I'm probably gonna see Avatar first, and yeah. I know that's gonna be a long movie. It's yeah. James Cameron. He likes to put this is gonna be a very big world building movie because they've got three other movies planned in this franchise after. And they've been filming it for they've been filming it back to back with Avatar three for the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, they announced the cast, I believe, like five years ago. And they're still recording it because there's time jumps and 
the kids ages and um <laughs> and they just wanted it to be accurate yeah but i'm i'm intrigued to see what james cameron is doing with avatar 2 but shazam's gonna sink in the box office yeah. that day we can only hope man we can only hope but moving on to another story on the heels of batman making 300 million dollars worldwide they've announced and confirmed the penguin follow-up series that will be straight that will be put straight onto hbo max and like colin farrell man put him in that prosthetic give him a shell I amen to that. He is such a good actor. After this, like we said in our last podcast, for those that were able to listen, he did such a great job in creating this persona of who the Penguin is, where he's kind of belittled by his uh, by his boss Carmine Falcone. He was he he had such a great presence. Every time he was on the screen, he stole the show. And that car chase scene between Robert Pattinson and him. It just was so, it was a fun experience, and I am dying to see where they're going with this. Yeah, can't wait. So, I, I, I agree. I'm looking forward to that one as well. And, you know, almost very like, maybe it'll be Godfathery. Who knows? You know, he's going to be an up-and-coming crime boss. He has to take in that vacuum. I'm looking forward to it. I, I loved me Colin Farrell in that movie. So good. It was great. Other Warner Brothers news uh, Dune Part Two had some interesting buzz going around yesterday. Um, for those that aren't familiar with the the book or movies of Dune, uh, there's a character named Princess Irivan. There's some casting rumors going around that Florence Pugh, uh, who played the other Black Widow in the Black Widow movie from last year, and she's also in Little Women and fighting. Fighting for my family or fighting with my family? The second one. Fighting with my family. Yeah. And uh, she's a great actress. She has a lot going for her. Probably one of the most talented actresses between that era of 94 to 96. Um, she's, She's got a lot going for her and she's rumored for this role. What are your thoughts on this, Adam? I love Florence Pugh. She's she's great in everything I see her in. She's super funny in The Black Widow. She's in Midsummer. She plays... She's super distraught, just super into the role. It's beautiful. I'm a Florence Pugh fan. My 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 opinion on this is give me more Florence Pugh. I agree. Yeah, put her in anything you can. I I agree. And I for those that haven't seen Little Woman, she knows how to bring drama. And this Dune, if you haven't seen part one, it's an epic. It's an epic film. And it has a lot of lore, has a lot going for it. It was a great film. It did a lot for the box office for for what it had going against it with the HBO Max same-date release. But it, it was a great film. The cinematography was beautiful, and seeing her in this movie, I think, would heighten the experience because of what she can bring to this character. She is also uh, one of the running people for Madonna in the Madonna bio- biopic. Oh, okay. And so it's she's not necessarily taken this role she's waiting for script changes and for final drafts of this movie according to the rumor but um i i don't know which which role would do you think that she would be better for madonna or princess irulan yes you already you're, you already know man <laughs> give me more florence Pugh. she yeah. could film both of them back to back same day on the same lot <laughs> i'm i'm just Put her in both movies. Yeah, I would, I would like that. Yeah. She's a great actress. She's got a lot going for her, and seeing her in both roles would be fun. Absolutely. We'll see, though. 
I, I personally, I'm more of a science fiction fan and I would love to see her in Dune. Mm -hmm. Um, but these biopics that have been coming out with Elvis coming soon Mm -hmm. and we had Freddie Mercury and Bohemian Rhapsody and Elton John Mm -hmm. and, um, rocket man. I'm, I'm excited to see what she would do with Madonna, but I, my heart goes to sci-fi. So I, (laughs) I hope she's in Dune. Pull the pull for Dune. Anything else you'd like to add, Bailey? No, I, I think that covers this uh, segment of Florence uh, of, Pugh and Of Florence Pugh and the HBO and the Warner Brothers news. Something else, Bailey, and I wanted to share. Last week, Sony dropped a trailer for their new film, Bullet Train, starring Brad Pitt. And boy, let me tell you, that trailer was something else. It was, it was, uh, it's fast paced. Uh, uh, not to be like a ironic or anything, but it's very fast paced and the the comedy was funny in it yeah the action looks great the actors in this movie are really good and do you want to list list off these actors yeah absolutely so for anybody who's unaware bullet train is a movie it's being directed by david leach who together with chad stahelski birthed the john wick movie franchise i don't know if any of you have seen that very great probably one of the greatest action film franchises probably of our generation i would say um and it's being directed by david leach and it's starring Brad Pitt. And I love everything he's doing in this trailer. It just seems like he's there to have as much fun as he can and beat people up at the same time. It'll also be starring Brian Tyree Henry, who's on Atlanta, who's also in the um, in Eternals, the Eternals. Marvel's The Eternals. It'll have Zazie Beetz, who's in Atlanta and Deadpool 2. It'll have Aaron Taylor Johnson, who most of you might know him as Quicksilver from... Uh, Avengers uh, Age, Age of, of Ultron. Ultron. And he's, he's also, he's also going to be playing Craven the Hunter in a Spider-Man villain spinoff. Yeah. Aaron so, T. Johnson's got something going for him right now. You'll know his name. <laughs> It'll also have Jerry King, Joey King, I apologize, who if any of you have seen Netflix's The Kissing Booth, that's what she, uh, that's her claim to fame. It'll have Michael Shannon, who uh, was in Knives Out. And it'll, it has Sandra Bullock, who's calling Brad Pitt on the phone over the, ser- over the course of this trailer. We didn't see her face, did we? No, but I was wondering whose voice that was. I didn't know that was Sandra Bullock. It's old Sandy B. <laughs> yeah, Gravity, The Blind Side, and now she's calling Brad Pitt on the bullet train. And let me tell you, folks, this trailer, I think, I love what Brad Pitt's doing. I already mentioned that. The cinematography just looks sweeping and elegant. It looks beautiful. And I also think... It looks just so colorful and fun. It looks like it's a literal train ride through action movie genres. It really does. And I don't know why. I kept getting Deadpool vibes. Like with some of the comedic beats, like the beats that were hit in this, it just felt like I was going to laugh a lot. And yeah. I, I I don't know, Brad Pitt, he's, I, I don't think I've seen him in anything comedy related. It's like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. But I, I feel like this is going to be a really fun just a really fun movie experience yeah i i really i must tell you i watched this trailer like seven or eight times in one night i think it looks great if you haven't seen it go look it up go watch it let us know what you think i think this just looks like an absolute thrill ride on top of that it really felt like we were hit with a train because we didn't know this was coming like the a lot of people into movies knew that this was coming but for those that didn't, this is going to be a really fun experience that we'll be able to get to share in a couple months. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited. So uh, 
that's 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 it for the news segment of this of this podcast. Bailey, do you have anything else to add? No, no. I'm just really excited to see what's to come and I'm sad about all of the movie news that's happening with uh, Warner Brothers, the release date changes, but the future looks good. Yeah. All right. So about some movie buzz that's going on right now. This this is where we're going to cover topics that are considered rumors. Um, they're not... They have not been reported on as far as official news um, sources go. Um, but these are rumors that are exciting to us, and we want to share this with people. And who knows? Maybe this will happen. Maybe mm-hmm. it won't. We'll see. Yeah, so this, is the, this is the buzz section. So first off, we'll start with uh, Blade debuting in a movie. Bailey, what are the details on that? A new uh, Halloween special titled Werewolf by Night, which is a character in the comics. I'm not too familiar with this one, but um, where I, I believe he's more involved with Moon Knight, which comes out on Disney Plus at the end of the month. But in Werewolf by Night, there's a rumor that we're going to see Blade for the first time, which is really exciting. It's Mahershala Ali from The Green Book or um, Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Season one. Yeah, Luke Cage season, season one. Season one for half of it, maybe. <laughs> but he, he stole the show in Luke yeah. Cage. He was really good. He's a great villain. One of the most compelling villains in that show. Mm-hmm. Probably the most compelling villain in the yeah. show. But uh, we're going to see him back in as Blade. We heard his voice at the end credits of The Eternals. Spoiler alert, but it's been a while. Uh, we're going to see him in this, and it's exciting to... I'm I'm excited to see how he's going to bring this character to life because we've already had Wesley Snipes as, as Blade and to see what Mahershala Ali is going to bring to the character. He, if you haven't seen the green book, he's a class act. He's, I, I cannot praise this man enough. I just want casting rumors of Mahershala Ali filming all of the scenes with his eyes closed to spite the production like a uh, Wesley Snipes. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> I also want Mahershala Ali to appear in another season of What We Do in the Shadows as on the Vampiric Council, but that's just me. That would be great. But that's that's the Blade news. Yeah. So that's the Blade news. Moving on, what else do we have, Bailey? What's going on in the in the the realm of Elizabeth Olsen, the action the actress for the Scarlet Witch in Marvel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she finally became the Scarlet Witch in the end of WandaVision which was very exciting and satisfying for a lot of the fanboys out there and fangirls. But one thing that is rumored is that she's going to have her own solo project, which would be really exciting to see. Um, I'm not sure if this is related, uh, but my time to shine hello on Twitter. She's a pretty reputable source uh, has said that there's two projects, maybe one. I could see them tying this together. One is a Scarlet Witch solo project, which doesn't have any plot details. And then another that is about her children, Wiccan and Speed, which were introduced in WandaVision. They weren't titled Wiccan and Speed. It was, I I can't remember their names. I think one of them is Tommy, and I don't know the other one. But um, it's about the Children's Crusade, which is about the twins looking for their past, trying to find out their past, which... If rumor has it, potential spoilers for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, the twins are going to be back. At the end of WandaVision, we saw them disappear 
from the existence in the MCU, but we also heard their voices calling for their mother in the credit scene. And in the new trailer for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, you see Elizabeth Olsen back on the set of WandaVision. Yes, you do. I'm just making this connection now. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. The rumor is that this Multiverse of Madness movie, that Wanda is going to be the villain searching for her kids, trying to bring them back into this universe from different multiverses. She's, yeah, she's on the run for her children, doing whatever it takes to get them back. As any mother would do. Exactly. But this is, if they go this route, it would be really interesting to see where Wanda is left because the Children's Crusade, I'll just read a little synopsis from Google. It says, the twins go on a journey to find out more about their past. They are in search of their mother to tell them more. But on their journey to find her, they have to battle X-Men, Avengers, and more to find out what they are looking for. It's the multiverse of madness. Yeah, on, yeah it's, it's, madness is an essential word when we're talking about the multiverse. Well, I think that's just the word for Marvel. Yeah. Marvel madness. This is what we're dealing with right now. There's so many storylines that they've got going on. Like, if you're not watching these shows, you're you're missing out on a lot of... If you have been keeping up with Marvel, you're you're going to be missing out a lot over the next couple of years. Yeah, I feel like this is the first time that Marvel is kind of like... Is almost becoming just like their counter... Their, their comic side in a in a visual form. You know, you have to watch the shows, you have to watch the last movie because all of these storylines connect in some way shape or form. Yeah, and I I was actually thinking about this today cuz the Batman as we know is separated from the DCEU um which is the D- DC's cinematic universe with like the Batman versus Superman, Man of Steel and Suicide Squad movies and Peacemaker. Um but the Batman felt so good to see. It didn't feel connected to anything. And I, I loved that. And I was just thinking about this today. I, I wonder if Marvel would do anything like this. I, I don't see them doing it. Yeah, my, my, my vote is no chance. Yeah, I, I don't think they will. But I wish they would because I'm, I, I hate that I'm saying this. Sometimes I'm getting a little tired of these shows. Because like the, these Marvel Disney shows have been hit or miss with me. Like Hawkeye, it was great to see Vincent D'Onofrio back as Kingpin. But the show itself, I wasn't compelled to watch because I love Jeremy Renner, Haley Steinfeld, both great actors and actresses. They've got compelling casts like Winter Soldier, or the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. But I don't feel like they're drawing as much of an audience as they did with Avengers Endgame. And the Infinity Saga that was leading up to it. Mm-hmm. You know, as we're talking about it, I really think this is like, and we're living in a post Avengers world. I think um, Kevin Feige recently stated, you know, there won't be another Avengers for a while, and he was recently quoted as saying that was the last Avengers movie. Yeah. And so I think what Disney's trying to do now is they're trying to build something completely different and we're along with them on this ride and we don't know exactly what they're doing and i feel like they're figuring it out at the same time well i yeah i i feel like you you said it perfectly like if you watch the eternals it felt like it connected to the mcu but it didn't at the same time and i i don't i think that a lot of these shows and movies are struggling with their identity as far as 
how do we fit in this post-Avengers world now? And Kevin Feige, he's the brains of this this train that just keeps rolling. And the, he's been very successful, and I've loved what he's done with everything. And, like, there's not one project that I absolutely hate, but I'm kind of getting tired. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you. The, the, Marvel, the Marvel fatigue, it could be real. It could be. But we still got Taika. We got Taika Waititi on Thor Ragnarok, the director, or not Thor Ragnarok, Thor Love and Thunder. I'm, I'm always on board for Taika Waititi. Him, Florence Pugh, Wesley Snipes. Simu Liu. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I love, you know, I love those people. Um, next, next bit of buzz, moving on from the Marvel realm, we'll go back to the, uh, the Star Wars realm. Bailey has some more news for us here. Take this with a massive grain of salt. Okay, so massive grain of salt, possible spoilers. Possible maybe not. spoilers. We may be getting another Luke Skywalker movie for Disney Plus. Wow. Which this would be Mark, Mark Hamill or Sebastian Stan? I want Sebastian yeah. Stan. <laughs> he is I, I don't know if our audience has seen this, but there are some great Twitter conversations between those two. About him being his uh, illegitimate son. And if you look at Sebastian Stan, he looks like Mark Hamill from Star Wars. A little bit more buff, but... Yeah. And for those who and for those who are also wondering, Sebastian Stan plays the Winter Soldier in the Marvel movies. He's also in that movie Fresh that just came out this past week um, on Hulu. And for our more mature audience, he, he's also playing uh, Tommy and Pam and Tommy on Hulu. Yeah, you're right. Um, but anyway, going back to this movie, it's uh, Heir to the Empire, and this is this takes place. This is a book that was that's no longer canon, but it takes place after the events of Return of the Jedi, and it follows Luke. And the interesting thing about this is that um, Mara, Mara Jade, or Mara Jade, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, is she's the wife of Luke Skywalker. She would be making an appearance in this. Wow. I'm not sure if she would be his wife because he seems at last time we saw him in the book of Boba Fett, he was a very, he was stickler to the Jedi order. Yeah. So I'm not sure where we're going to see him if this movie does come into fruition. But uh, it, it, another thing to consider about this though, is that this is supposed to be the culmination, like the Avengers Endgame of the Disney plus shows. So we've seen the Mandalorian tie over into the book of Boba Fett. Uh-huh. We know that Obi-Wan may not have significant ties because it's set in a different era between the two trilogies. But this Ahsoka uh, show coming out as well, probably next year, um, is also going to be tied into this because it's set in the same era. So we could see The Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Ahsoka, uh, maybe Ezra, Ezra Bridger from Star Wars Rebels, which... Ahsoka is heavily rumored to tie into that show. Uh, Admiral Thrawn, which is a pretty massive character from Rebels as well. Uh, who else is there? Luke Skywalker. I'm missing the biggest piece. Yeah. And then Mara Jade. This is going to be... If this does happen, this could settle the fanboys' anger over the new trilogies that we've seen. The new trilogy that we've seen. I don't know how you'd do that. 
I, I don't know either. <laughs> they're probably still going to hate they're it. Still, they're still burning pictures of Luke in The Last Jedi to this day. And Ryan Johnson. Yeah, and Ryan Johnson. Yeah. And Mark, and Mark Hamill's there with him. Yeah. He's just as frustrated. <laughs> but seeing this, like, I, I would say that this would get me very excited. The perfect time for them to announce this, though, is during Star Wars Celebration next month at the end of May. Yeah. Which also, for those listeners that are listening in, it's also the 45th anniversary of the release of Star Wars A New Hope. Which, if they were to... So you're saying something big is coming next year, next month. I, I imagine that we're going to get a Marvel-sized event of announcements from Lucasfilm. I could be completely wrong. Yeah, this is this is the rumor mill portion of this of this podcast. It is blowing strong right now, it Bailey, is. with the with the hot takes. But May May fourth, you know, when is Star Wars Celebration? The exact day? It's actually not on May fourth this year. It's it's the reason it's taking place. Uh, it's actually gonna coincide with the release of Obi Wan Kenobi because Obi Wan uh. Kenobi is releasing on the forty fifth anniversary of Star Wars: A New Hope, which is really ironic and. They planned it out great. Full circle, baby. They have. Yeah. And having announcements like this air to the Empire would be something that they would announce during this meeting or during this celebration. It would get the fanboys back. It might get them a little skeptical because they're not big fans of Kathleen Kennedy, which some of her stuff has, for those that don't know, has she's the the CEO of Lucasfilm. Um, some of her stuff has been very controversial with fans of Star Wars. Yeah. But it would be very big. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm the whole world is in almost a Star Wars fatigue, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe now we're discovering maybe some things we leave in the past, you know, they're perfect as they are, I agree. but going forward, we can only, we can only have hope, you know, we can have we a, need a new, hope. a new hope. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere between darkness and destruction, there is hope. There is balance in the force. Yeah, exactly. So that's what the force is all about. Well, that should do it for our show today. Be sure to check in with us tomorrow as Bailey and I go over what you should stream this weekend. And be sure to email us at abcinema.pod at gmail.com with comments, suggestions, and what you would like to hear us talk about. Be sure to rate this podcast. And as always, keep watching movies.